ンコレ Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Casey Cast. We're going to cover the last two weeks as usual, but I hope everyone had a, a successful event. If you did, give yourselves a little pat on the back for a job well done. And if not, that's okay too. Not everyone gets what they want, and that's all right.、Uh, always another event for you to challenge yourself on. So, in the meantime, while we wait for the next event, we'll talk about the patch notes,、uh, the quest that came out with it, the new ranking awards for last month.、Uh, there's a collaboration with the Japanese Maritime Self Defense Force for the Naval Review. Uh, but I'm pleased to say that we also have another guest on today. This time it is、uh, Story and Lodgy, a notable 100 slaughter in the community, who I believe has 14 first class medals to his name. Lodgy, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, thank you. And yes, you are right. I do have 14. I started playing this game around, or actually one month before the spring 2015 event. So I wasn't able to get that hard medal. But、um, every event after that, I've gotten the hard medal for it. So that's 14 in a row. Okay, I see. Well, let's talk about the patch notes now that the event is over.、Uh, obviously, a lot of new information has come out. There's new quests, there's new gear upgrades.、Uh, what do you think so far? So, I actually ranked the month before the event started.、Mm-hmm. So, I was able to pick up the new, was it the 8 inch gun as well as the night plane? And honestly, the new American medium gun is like kind of good.、Um, especially, it seems like it'll be improvable judging from the T1 and T5 rewards since they got it at plus 5. And it has one more base firepower than the 20.3 number 3 guns. So, it seems like it's going to be a good addition once we get the ship that'll be able to improve it. So, on top of this, we actually have information on what is more than likely going to be a USN cruiser of some kind, most likely either Pensacola or Northampton class、uh, heavy cruisers. Yeah, the prevailing theory so far is that it's going to be、uh, Northampton herself, just based on the ferry CG, which happens to be a chickadee,、uh, which is the state bird of Massachusetts, which is where Northampton was built. Shout out to Coblade14 on the subreddit for that comment. I think it's a good theory,、uh, to be honest. We shall see, I guess. I'm excited.、Uh, if the fairy's any indication, it's going to be another blonde girl with braids this time. That'll be nice. There are other hair colors in the world. <laughs> There are other skin colors in the world.、Uh, yeah,、I'm, you know what? I'm waiting for like, a redhead with freckles, you know? Because we, we have those too. You mean Edorofu? <laughs> No, that, that, that's too small. I need, a, I need a bigger ship. But heavy cruiser, man. I'm waiting for my chocolate girl that's not just tan. I'm actually really curious to see how they'll be reflected in game because, as those history buffs will know, you know、uh, American cruisers were, were pretty good at AA and、uh, much more so than their Japanese counterparts. I know Maya's good at AA, but not as good as America was. Ishwan has been pulling for、uh, the CL Atlanta for a long time because she had like, even better, like, effectively AACIs than Maya ever did. But I was wondering if that applies. I know that the, I think the, the, light cruise, the American light cruisers have really good AA, 
but I was wondering if that was also true of the heavy cruisers. I would imagine so, but like yeah. the heavy cruisers thing was their thing, AA. Um, I'm not sure about that, but I can I can imagine that's true. I'm not sure if they were specialized in AA, but I can I'm, I'm pretty sure that they had better AA suites for planes. Mm-hmm. Still, uh, another notable thing: no torpedoes. Uh, it remains to be seen how they'll handle that maybe no torpedo stat which seems unlikely or maybe it'll be something similar to like zada where it's you know very strong daytime shelling and then you know lackluster torpedo yeah that's what i'm more or less expecting because i don't think americans had any torpedoes on their cruisers um but the other reward was a plane that we could have crafted and improved or more likely we could have used we could have improved the tenzen 931 so it was obtainable in normal gameplay so i do feel a little bit gypped out of spending so many hours ranking last month in hashirajima which is the server i'm in and usually has the highest t500 cutoff Mm -hmm. um so it could have been better could have been a 64 squadron or something comparably op but this is it's i mean there there have been worse rewards so far yeah, Hayabusa 64 is always going to be a nice reward if we ever get it back again. So, not a big discrepancy between uh, top 1 and top 500 in terms of gear quality. You do get a skilled version of, of the plane, um, and you do get more of the guns, and some of them are upgraded. But for the most part, nothing super notable. You do get Ginga for top 1 to 5. Gingas are overrated. They are. I got one now that I... Uh, what was it? The, the sorry event or something where we or Setsubun. Oh yeah, we should mention the sorry thing. Um, how apparently the sorry catch has been bad this year, so there's doesn't seem like there's going to be a sorry event this year. Oh, I didn't even know that. So there's no no sorry event. This is usually when we would get a sorry event if there was one. If you take a look at Arc Royal's new seasonal line, she mentions that the sorry catch has been bad this year, and then that implies the TTK is saying that there won't be any kind of sorry catching this year, even though she could bomb it with swordfish. Oh, sad times. That's usually a good, good uh, new player experience. Um, and it usually gets a good little reward at the end, but that's unfortunate. But we have new quests. Uh, we actually talked about this a little bit before here, but four Daihatsu uh, for your quarterly rewards. Pretty good for new players. Mm-hmm. So because we can now get um, four Daihatsus a quarter without having to spend blueprints just by doing these quests, and of course if you pick the option to take the Daihatsu instead of the other the other rewards, like the the 12 centimeter 30 count rocket launcher might be an appealing choice to some players, but if we take the Daihatsu, we can convert, we every quarter we can convert one regular Daihatsu into a Toku Daihatsu and increase our expedition incomes that much more. So conceivably, um, in the near future, we could have a full three expeditions full of Toku Daihatsu without too much investment aside from the screws cost to make them, which could be a really great boon for, um, I guess, future expedition incomes and preparing for an event right especially since your rocket launchers can be farmed normally through you know chichose class and i think zuikaku but daihatsu are actually locked behind blueprints mm-hmm. uh, there also were changes to some upgraded equipment or rather up, uh, equipment that can be upgraded so they introduced a new piece of equipment uh, that is the type 4 20 centimeter rocket launcher concentrated deployment variant that is what you get after you upgrade the regular version all the way we'll see how strong it is against the uh, installation bosses. It seemed to be pretty good last event with just the base version. I've taken affectionately calling this uh, new rocket launcher, I guess it's Japanese WG, um, or that's not what I call it. I call it the 420. Very uh, nice. Because it's a nice number. But yeah, in judging from the performance of the base version of the 420, um, it, as Sol mentioned last episode, it's better when you have two of them, as opposed to if you only have one slot for a rocket launcher equivalent, you just want the WG. So perhaps this 
concentrated deployment will outstrip that the performance of a single WG and make this the go-to uh, anti-installation equipment for uh, random ships that can't equip Daihatsu. Okay, and that'll be nice since uh, we did have a, a long period without you, which we could farm uh, WG for. She did make a return uh, this last event, but I think it was two years prior that we had uh, last seen her. So that's that's a, that's good to have. It seems like the the new um, this concentrated deployment version doesn't change the multiplier for the 420, but it does increase the base bonus firepower. So like the way WGs and uh, the 420 works is that they add a certain amount to your firepower when you're firing against anti-installation ships, and then it has a pre-cap or pre-cap or post-cap modifier on that, depending on the type of installation boss you're aiming at. So by increasing the base firepower that you're going to be using against these anti-installation ships and then multiplying it, it could conceivably be better, but because it doesn't change the multiplier, it's not as big of a deal as if it did that, necessarily. Right, you're just making it a little stronger for less space, or for the same space, I should say. Basically. We have limited time drops of uh, Tsushima in some areas. Yeah, so Yamakaze is dropping at 1.3, and Tsushima is dropping at 1.4. Perhaps more maps, but that's where they've been confirmed so far. We also noticed that Nelson guns are upgraded. Uh, pause for a correction there. Those aren't Nelson guns that are upgraded. Those are Colorado guns that are now upgradable. Okay, but, okay, hmm. Colorado guns. Thank you. Uh, we also have some price changes uh, for those that are actually willing to pay money for uh, in-game resources, but... I think one of the biggest improvements we've had is uh, we can now develop three items at once, which is nice if you're trying to kind of grind down that stockpile you have after the event. Honestly, that new change isn't super great because it still forces us to watch all three of the development animations for each individual development and then adds a new screen that just collects all that information into one screen. Originally, when they first put the patch out, we couldn't skip the individual development screens. Now if we mash click, you can sort of skip through them, skip through all of them, but it's still a little bit slower than if they just went directly to showing you the three new items you created instead of just having to click through one by one by one before showing you the three collections. So it's sort of good and bad, and sort of reinforces the prevailing theory that may be floating amount that I may or may not subscribe to, that the KC devs don't have a single UI UX person on staff. Interesting. So it's actually faster to click to craft normally than to try and spam click through uh, three at once. I'm not sure if it's actually faster. The number of clicks you need is very close in order to get through it at maximum speed. And like the difference isn't huge necessarily, but the, the, the triple crafting does have the benefit of allowing you to go further beyond the, your equipment slot hard cap than doing it individually. It does in case anyone else cares about that. Oh, like I do. actually, yeah. I didn't even think about that. So you can actually go full, uh, full hard cap on your equipment slots. Uh, close. Oh, uh, you nine. can get two closer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they usually cut you off. They need you to have at least three slots left, and then now you can get to one slot left with three crafts. Yes. Very cool. And I think the last real piece of news for KC outside of uh, talking about the event and talking about you is the uh, annual like Admiral convention of some sort. Uh, it happens every year, and this time they're actually collabing with the uh, Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force. You can see, I think, the CG for Kirishima. So this Kirishima is, I think, DDG-174, which is a destination for a guided missile destroyer. I think she's based in, like, Yokosuka, but I, I don't know any real news about what's going on for this event. Fun fact, though, uh, this new Kongo class, uh, it's uh, Kongo's nameship, obviously, Kirishima's the second one, then Myoko Chokai. Oh, they're all voiced by Toyoma now. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, is it all the same? 
Um, now voices the entire. Um, oh no,、Tonko、I guess、class. not Miyoko,、uh, but she does voice the entire Takao class. Okay, I didn't remember who、uh, voices the Miyoko class, but I was like, I think that's all of them, because obviously Kongos, everyone knows. Interesting. Eh, okay, I think that covers most of the patch notes and whatnot, and the naval review event. Alrighty, so now that we've got that out of the way, how how was the event for you, Logi? Logi. So、um, I hashtag only started the event with two hundred thousand fuel, so it was like、uh, closer closer shave for me. But I thought it'd be easy. I thought it'd be okay since、um, we this was only a three map event, and it turned out to be okay. But I cut it a little bit close. By the time I cleared E three part two LD, I was like under soft cap, so a little bit、oh, tight.、Wow. Um, but if I was being less reckless, I would have waited for the E3 friend fleet to come in. But I decided I wanted to be real cool and clear it before the friend fleet came out. I wasn't able to do that for E2 Part Two, which is widely regarded as the hardest map of the event, hardest、right. boss of the event.、Mm-hmm. I had to wait for friend fleet there, which was actually kind of disappointing because the friend fleet ended up not being very effective at all. E- the E2 E2 friend fleet's pretty pretty ineffectual. Okay,、uh, were you able to farm all the girls or? Yeah, so、uh, I was able to pick up.、Uh, I wasn't able to pull an LTE and reverse RTA, ev- get everyone、uh, while clearing. But I was、mm-hmm. able to farm up a Grekale in E2 as well as a Makura in E1. And there's even more interesting stuff that I observed while farming E1. And what was that? So I logged a total of 200 trips to E1 last event with 142 S ranks. Some interesting things I observed were that、um, once, so the way I farmed this map was I cleared it and then came back later for Makura while I was working on E2, and then I was able to get Makura. And once I got the Makura drop, I hard leveled her to remodel, took her mortar, and then scrapped her. So theor, yeah. So、um, kind of sad, but QQ.、Um, perhaps they should have. Uh, stretched out her SCG a little bit more, so it doesn't look all squished. But yeah, so I got Makura around S rank 30ish or so,、okay. and then I did another 150 or so trips to E1, and like another 100 S ranks in E1, and I was never able to get a Makura again. So even though I had scrapped her and like taken her out of my entire fleet, I wasn't able to get a second dupe Makura. So perhaps, so we, there are theories floating around that, or there's not theories, it's confirmed that. If you have a ship in your fleet, oft if the ship is rare enough, you won't the the drop rate for second and third ships, third copies of the same ship are lowered. But it seems that at least with Makura and perhaps maybe for other ships, even if you have scrapped her and like taken her out of your fleet, it might still depress or even、um, prevent you from getting a second copy. Perhaps because the mortar is、uh, equipment locked, though because they're giving out one every quarter now, so that might not be true. There may be some odd mechanics going on with dupe locking that don't involve just having a ship in your fleet, but perhaps also not having it,、uh, having had them before, even if you don't have it at the current moment. Yeah, ship tagging. I、uh, I think they've. I think this is probably one of the first events I've really heard this about. But I remember they were talking about、uh, equipment tagging where you couldn't pick up a certain amount of. I think it was Iowa guns or something like that back in the day. Yeah, so I think they were talking about that last event where Iowa might not drop if you already have four 16-inch guns or something like that.、Mm-hmm. So that might be something that's an interesting potential mechanic that they don't tell us about.、Okay. Thankfully, it's not too big of a ship to have not had. Yeah, something else we also note is that I think in the last few one or two events, there has also been rumors that there's a limit on how many DEs you can farm from a certain map before the rate decays or they stop entirely. 
And like okay. my trips to E1 have have given some evidence for that. Though again, just like with the Mercurio thing, I could just be getting really, really unlucky. But I'm sure if you did out the normal curve approximation of like the probability that I would be this unlucky, it'd be pretty small. But it's still possible. So I was able to collect 10 DEs from E1, wow. including Mercurio. Mm -hmm. But then after I collected the 10th DE, uh, the the well dried up, and I was unable to get another one in another, I think it's about 30 or 40 S ranks. Okay, so something similar to, I think there was a, a U chart about her drop rate, where it was like after, I think, four or something like that, you can not have any more, so maybe something similar? Yeah, possibly. But was that four in hand or four, like, total? Because after I... think I, that was for in hand. Mm-hmm. Because this wasn't in hand. Because of the whole 100 slot thing, I get rid of DEs as soon as they come in. So I had zero DEs on hand. And still, for my last 50 trips to E1, I didn't get a single DE or even a drop of any drop of note. No U, no Richelieu, no Testy, no nothing. Oh, wow. So, um, that's like, so that's 50 trips to E1 that didn't have any notable drops, which might be remarkable. But again, I'll caution this by saying this is only my experience, and this might not be uh, true if you held it out across like every single TDK. But that's something that I noticed while I was farming E1 that might be remarkable. Yeah, and uh, it's happened before, it seems like, so maybe we'll, we'll see it again. Mm -hmm. So you cleared on hard, I cleared on hard. Uh, it looks like a lot of people also chose to clear on hard. Uh, the, the official clear rates were released. E1's over 90%, E2 and E3 over 90%. Uh, it seems like everyone or most people picked hard, which is good. I think the incentive to get these new high-altitude interceptors really brought people to, to hard. Yeah, there are good reasons to clear on hard. Though in E3, they usually give us medals and screws for doing that. And I think we did get medals, but no screws. Kind of disappointing. Yeah. But instead, we got a full collection of the best new rocket-powered interceptors. Mm -hmm. Should we see? Almost no one really went on casual, which is good. Casual is for noobs! Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I really feel bad for the folks that weren't able to get these interceptors and are looking to go on harder difficulties in the future if these high-altitude mechanics continue to remain in play because that is a big drop to your air power to not have any yeah um e3 in particular had some really 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 harsh gear checks that i was able to clear pretty easily because i'm an absolute fossil at this game well actually not even absolute there are people who are much older than me but by now like starting four years ago i count as or in some respects i count as kind of a pretty old fossil so i was able to clear the e3 um AS requirements for the unlock as well as the debuff without having to rank my new interceptors. But that seems to have not been true of most TTKs. Yeah, and they had to suffer. I think it was a good 60, 70 sorties. I had to rank mine a little bit. I didn't rank it all the way, but I definitely feel their pain when ranking them. Yeah, um, I guess it was sort of, it was not that bad because the debuff wasn't required to clear the event, mm -hmm. um, but definitely help. I'm sure it helps a lot. It helped me be able to clear E3 in the daytime with a very well-timed Nelson crit against nice. Anzio Hime. Good old Nelson touch. All right, so let's talk about Eulogy. Uh, you're obviously well known for being a 100 slotter. Let's ask the obvious question. Why 100 slots? What, what is the reason? I don't know how famous I am for it. I don't have people like DMing me saying, oh, how, how do you do it? What are your secrets? Um, just like sort of a presence in, I guess, the KC Discord mainly, though I don't post that much on the subreddit. So maybe people don't know me there. So occasionally I make link posts of injury albums saying, ooh, look at me. I cleared this really long event on hard. But I usually reserve that for like five to seven map events to in order to really flex on nice. um, other people. It's not really remarkable when I clear a three map event on hard because I think most people do that. Even the 100 slotting isn't really a uh, big limitation there usually. The reason why I don't... Um, buy any more slots is because well initially it was just because i don't like spending money on free-to-play games 
it's I think it's a trap. It's like I don't know buy I don't buy into Candy Crush or like or your mobile apps or your mobile games. It quickly becomes a money sink. Thankfully, Casey is a relatively nice game. There's not really as much of an opportunity or need to wail as with other games like maybe Fate Grand Order or something. Um, I've though I haven't played those games either. I spend too much time on this one to say. Um, but it seems like it's a lot easier to get by by spending not mm-hmm. that much money on Casey compared to other browser games, web games. But just in the beginning, I just didn't like spending money on games. And now it's just sort of snowballed into this thing where I am the 100 slot TDK. Like this is what I do. This is my whole identity when it comes to playing this game. So it's really, it's really not necessary or I don't feel the need. It's sort of like, it's a badge of honor to say, hey, I've never spent money on this game. DMM does not have my payment information. I have one ring, two docks, 100 slots, and 14 first class medals. So it's just a badge of honor and a status thing, as well as the fact that I don't want to spend five bucks to open up 10 extra ship slots that I don't usually use, nor that I don't won't make take full advantage of. It's like, um, it's just the way I've played the game for four years. So I see no reason to change that, even though they keep adding new ships. Oh man, that's brutal here. I, I, I have a very similar sentiment on kind of these gacha games. I know Casey's not a full, full-blown full gacha game, but I was, I was very hesitant in putting my money in there. And then after a while, I was like, well, I guess it's pretty good to me. I guess I'll put some money in. And it's, it's, it's gotten a lot afterwards. Not not an embarrassing amount over these three and a half years, but enough to concede that I, I put money in a phone game, browser game. Yeah. What I like to think about is the ratio of hours spent on this game compared to the money I've spent on it. So it's like, that's literally infinite because it's like, if it's do- I guess it's uh, hours per dollar, you're dividing by zero there. Uh, but perhaps it's not that great that I have to spend so much time on this game because it doesn't leave me much time to play other games, honestly. So uh, perhaps this wasn't the best use of all the hours I've spent, pour- I poured into this Flash and now Canvas game, I guess. It's still pretty popular in Japan, it seems like. I mean, uh, you'll see, was it Homie I think, where they have the rankings? Or is it something else? I forget. Yeah. It usually ranks like second or first. Dead game! Okay, so we'll ask the obvious follow-up question as well, too. How do you decide which girls to keep? Because 100 slots is not a lot, especially when you have to consider 95 is the real limit when you join an event. Yeah, so um, I think the first rule of being a 100 slaughter is why are you playing this game? Um, I guess most people aren't like Soul and they don't play this game purely for the statistics and like the whole mechanic stuff. You're playing this game because you like the art and design of the ship girls. So I do reserve about five, six, seven, eight of my 95 slots to, for girls that I like, but I would not keep if I was only looking at their statistics. So these eight girls are, um, of course, the main the main ring waifu, Haruna, um, Katsuragi, Yubari, who used to be pretty decent since she has four slots, but she's really fallen off the wayside now that they keep introducing uh, CLs with fi- uh, with four slots. So I'm hoping for a Melancholy with uh, five slots. Maybe that'll be the dream. Yeah. And then I, re- I keep my starter ship, Mutsuki, um, don't ask about Ooh. that, uh, her sister, Kisaragi, as well as three of the Kamikaze class destroyers, because I really like their design and personality, specifically Kamikaze, Harukaze, and Hadakaze. So those are my eight sentimental only keeps, and if I wasn't attached to these ships, I would not be keeping them in my fleet, <laughs> but then if I were to get rid of these sentimental ships, it's like I would lose incentive to play the game. Well, one of the important parts, at least for me, for being a 100 slaughter, is to be able to just like to keep to keep myself invested in the game. I think it's really important to keep a hold of like the ships who are the reason, or who are at least a big reason why you keep playing. Aside from all the whole being able to flex on people with your 14 FCMs and zero dollar spent. Right. So you've played for a while now. What would you say is probably the most painful girl you've had to let go? Um, 
Hmm. I remember like feeling bad about having to scrap Asashio way back in the beginning, before like long before she had a kindy. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I was able to bring her back That's and uh, make good use of her. So I do feel bad when I scrap ships that I'm sort of sentimental for, but like not enough to keep them. Like perhaps Taige, for example. She is of course very cute. Um, but aside from E3 last event, useless most of the time. Right. So there's not really much reason to keep them around. So something weird that I do among all the other weird things I do while I play this game is that when I need to bring back a duped ship from the dead, um, so to speak, or from the scrap heap, I guess, um, what I do is if they're constructible, regardless of if it's normal construction or LSC, I try to give them a significant uh, ID number. So if you, so this isn't actually hidden. This is hidden to players in the normal gameplay. But if you use a viewer, each ship that you get has an ID. So um, like your starter is going to be ID one or two in my case. And uh, so what happens is that ID increments every time you get a new drop or a new construction ship. So what I like to do is if I can manipulate that ID by like popping a girl out of construction at a specific point in time after i've hit some id number um i like i prefer to do that like i believe my kasumi is id 10k because i scrapped her earlier and had to bring her back when she had got her kaini bismarck which i didn't scrap but she was just able to come out of lsc is like id like uh, 11,111. so i've just been doing that a lot over the past uh, especially as time has gone on so i try to i call it id sniping trying to get these girls so it's not just a random dupe that i'm choosing to remodel into like the kiny version and keep but it's like each of these ships that i've chosen to bring back has like a specific special uh there's something special about them if even if it's only their id number that's hidden from normal gameplay right uh what about equipment because i'm sure you know even with your ship slots you, you have equipment slots that are also locked as well to a certain amount so how do you determine which ones to keep which ones to work on and all that yeah, KC devs have been really nice recently, giving out like 20 and then now another 10 free equipment mm-hmm. slots. But it, that doesn't mean I'm still not really hard put for or hard pushed for slots, or equipment slots, that is. So I've had to scrap some pretty valuable stuff, or relatively, I guess rare might be the right word, because it's not necessarily super valuable in the long run. Like, for I can't remember most of the most of the equipment that I've scrapped, but I'm sure, but like, if you looked at the stuff that I have gotten rid of, like perhaps the... Well, no, even the, the Model 63 Fighter Bomber, which is the version that you can't get from normal gameplay, it's uh, quest reward mm-hmm. only. Um, so I've scrapped those and like several other things. I guess the most memorable thing that I've scrapped um, intentionally that I regretted later was I scrapped a bunch of middling uh, ASW carrier planes, like the Ju-87 Kai. I scrapped most of them except for one. And then the maintenance after I did that, they allowed support expeditions to uh, do ASW support, which... Um, uh, I was kicking myself for it because I scrapped a bunch of like good ASW plans right before they were able mm. to do that. So the ASW supports I was able to I fielded during that event were pretty were like weaker than they normally would have been if I'd kept all those decent but not great ASW right. plans. So that's just one situation where I regretted, sort of regretted scrapping all that equipment. But thankfully, the this whole ASW support thing hasn't really come into play very much in the event since then. So it seems like I've been pretty okay in the choice of equipment to scrap so far, though some people would take issue with the, I guess, the 42 underway resupplies, or I guess most people call those fast suck drums um, that I'm hoarding in the case of the next late event, late-like event, where you 
those are absolutely necessary in order to clear the last boss. Yeah, I know how you feel. I've been holding on to about 30 myself, and I'm just waiting for that one event to come around where I it all pays off to hold on to these suckers, and it's, it's not coming yet, but it's got to be on the horizon. I got to use two this last event, um, trying because I was trying out a Colorado-led fleet mm -hmm. in E2 um, that went terribly, but I did. I was able to use up two and free up two equipment slots from that, so whoopee, I guess. Very nice. I'm, I'm curious. So you picked up, I think, uh, four new ships, yes? Mikura, uh, Grikade, Janus, and um, Abrutzi. So who were the four that left your fleet to make room for these four? I came into this event with 94 ships, so I was able to add one more ship. Mm -hmm. So I had, did have to drop. So I only ended up keeping two out of four of the new ships implemented. So I only had to drop one ship uh, this event. So I came in with 94. I added uh, Abruzzi first, um, and then went back and farmed Makura, and then got rid of her after I got her Kai CG and her Mortar. Um, so then I was at 95. Um, I cleared E3 and got Janus, who I am keeping so far. I think that Janus is pretty cute, but I anticipate having to scrap her in the future just because uh, sh her stats aren't that great. She's like Jervis, who is already having mm -hmm. middling uh, middling stats. Decent torpedo, not that great firepower, but Jervis has luck on Janus. So yeah. there might not be a great reason to keep Janus around in the long term. But for now, I'm planning to keep her. Um, so Janus put me at 96. So then I had to scrap another ship before I could go back and farm again. So um, the person who had to go was unfortunately Shioi, who I chose because she I, she's attainable in normal gameplay if I really try hard with that LSC. So um, I'm down to seven submarines now. Mm -hmm. I think most of the news has been covered. Okay. Alrighty, well, I think that'll wrap it up. Logi, anything you want to talk about? Uh, I don't Twitch stream very regularly. I usually only do it for like hard maps like E2 and E3. And um, even then, it's pretty boring because I'm only doing, since half the time, I'm sparkling after a failed run. But if you do want to check me out, make sure to go to twitch.tv slash storianlogi. So that's S-T-O-R-I-A-N-L-O-G-I, sort for logicality, if you've ever seen me on Reddit. But yeah, and make sure to smash that follow button. Alrighty, so I think that'll be it for us this episode. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care. Bye-bye.